0: Hello, brothers, and welcome back to KKSI Presents. I'm your host, Bonko, National Vice President for Student Affairs, and I am so incredibly grateful for the opportunity to be a part of this production. Of course, I couldn't do any of this on my own. I have some amazing help from our national communications team, our Student Advisory Committee, and a special shout out to our editor, Ryan Smith, for all of his hard work and dedication to KKSI Presents. So for those of you who are Returnal listeners, welcome back and thank you so much for your support. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, welcome to our show. We truly do appreciate you taking the time to join us today and to uh, be a part of this conversation. So this podcast, of course, is brought to you by Kappa Kappa Psi National Honorary Band Fraternity. The purpose of this series is to provide some insight, some helpful tips, suggestions, and to showcase the different voices of the brotherhood in an entertaining fashion that will hopefully keep you coming back. So today's guest is joining us all the way from the NED, where apparently it is snowing, uh, and more specifically, hailing from the Kappa Gamma chapter. This brother uh, recently served as the VP of the NED and is a recent recipient of the J. Lee Burke Student Achievement Award. So without further delay, let's pass this, uh, this virtual microphone over to our guest for an official introduction. So, hello and
1: warm welcome from the snowy NED, apparently, in the (laughs) middle of the day. Um, But my name is Evan. I am uh, a graduating senior um, from the Kappa Gamma chapter at Lehigh University in Bethlehem, PA. Um, I am pursuing a dual degree in computer science and business and accounting uh, with a minor in Chinese. Um, And outside of Kappa Kappa Psi, um, I also play in the Marching 97 and the Symphonic Band at Lehigh. Um, I play tenor saxophone with both groups, um, but my main instrument is actually cello. Okay, very cool. Um, And so I recently, as you had mentioned, um, got off a term as vice president for the NED, um, but I've also previously served
0: as the secretary and president of the Capa Gamma chapter at Lehigh. Awesome. Very cool. Well, I really appreciate you being here today with us, Evan. And, you know, it's, it's just been incredible to see you grow and to see you do, uh, you know, what you do as a leader, what you do as a brother and a musician um, throughout this past term, past year. So, with that introduction in place, I just wanted to start off with a pretty simple but probably deep question here for you. How has your 2020 been so far? How is, it, how is this new normal for you? Um. I would say it's
1: been a smooth transition, but it's been hectic. <laughs> um, I am first and foremost grateful that, you know, I, me and my family are safe at home and um, just kind of quarantining. Um, so definitely huge shout out to all those, you know, first responders who are working on front lines. But um, I've been hanging out in my little corner. Um, doing my accounting work. I guess I am. I'm already fulfilling that dream of being that auditor, but um, <laughs> it, it's been hectic. I, I know a lot of students, including myself, have been receiving a lot more work now that we've gone virtual, um, but looking forward to graduating in a few days, and, and um, hopefully this won't be normal for too long
0: yeah definitely and honestly it's it's been i think just with everything that's been happening all the all the different changes uh I mean I think this is incredible how the graduating seniors um you know how you have all been so so vigilant in um keep maintaining your relationships maintaining the work that you do for the fraternity um and you know for for yourself academically, so I just wanted to say. You no, know, thank you for all that you all do and just leading the way in, in terms of, you know, leading through a crisis. Um, so, you know, 2020 has definitely been a strange and unprecedented year. Um, but I did want to kind t- of take a, a look back at your term as a, as a district officer, you had mentioned that you served as VP for the NAD. Can you tell us a little bit more about your experience and what are some of your takeaways from that? Sure. Um, so when I had
1: first, Uh, came looking to serve the district, it Mm -hmm. was more because I had received so much from the same district. Mm -hmm. Um, When I first had thoughts about running for district office, Mm -hmm. um, I was at a place that was very difficult for me Mm -hmm. um, as a leader for Capagama. Mental health-wise, wasn't doing 100%, and the resources I got from the NED Council um, during my presidency uh, really helped me bounce back and 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 become what I needed to for Kappa Gamma at the time, um, and so having given me so much, I felt it was only right to to try and help others through through those, those struggling times. And um, little did I know then it was going to turn into virtual quarantining. But um, <laughs> it's it's been a crazy ride as a district officer, um, you know, and 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 the reason why what's kept me so close to the fraternity is, um, that fraternal bond. And, and I am definitely a people person. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I always say to myself, the only thing we really do have in life at the end of the day is, is our connection with other people. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that, that really brought me closer to the organization and, and not only the brothers of Kappa Gamma, but the brothers of the NED and and the entire fraternity. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've had the privilege to meet so many brothers from, all over the country with so many different uh, viewpoints and aspects. And um, it's been a really rewarding experience, just kind of meeting those people and making those Mm -hmm. connections.
0: That's awesome. Well, you know, thank you so much for sharing. You know your experience so far, and I just—I mean, again, just wanted to share with you and and everyone who's listening. I mean, just how incredible and how just amazed I was to watch you and your council do what you guys did for the NED, um, and not just at the NED, but just the whole National Fraternity overall. Um, and you know, I, I think I think coming in, I think there's a certain there's a level a, there's a level um, of or you know a, a set of expectations for. For brothers, but then you know when when people come into the district officer um, role, there's another set of expectations and and we always say AEA and I, I think it's like, you know, I always try to think of an example, especially when I'm presenting. And honestly, when I think of an, a living example, I think of you and your council of like what it means to, to AEA. And it's just so incredible because there were many times where, you know, I would be so uh, worn from the work that I have to do on my end and I see all that you all do. And I like, wow, I, I, I need to keep up. Right. I need to do my part. They're going to replace me real soon. <laughs> so thank you for, uh, for sharing that. And thank you for all that you've done. Um, as a district officer, just as a role model for the fraternity. Um, and with all that great work, obviously, you were recently uh, awarded the J. Lee Burke Student Achievement Award. So I wanted to say congratulations um, on that. I mean, that is a, such an honor. So I wanted to just kind of um, take a look back during this DCL Coda weekend, when, when we were going through that award presentation, when you saw your name, what was going through your mind? What were some of the thoughts and, and what does it mean to you to have received that award? Yeah, well, first, thank you for, I would,
1: you know, first like to thank you to the National Council for the recognition. Um, It's always an interesting time serving as a district officer. Mm -hmm. Um, And when that, you know, when my name did pop up on the screen, it was kind of surreal to think that, you know, my work has been to that level. You know, when you serve as an officer for anything, um, whether it's your chapter or the district, and I'm sure for national council as well, you know, it's all about rolling with the bunches. Uh, things pop up, and you just kind of react and mitigate the situation as best as you can. You know, and and when I, and you know, even looking back before uh, DCLCOTA weekend, and yeah. I remember I was on, I was still on spring break when um, Lehigh had decided to go virtual for the rest of the semester, mm-hmm. I was sitting on a beach when I received a call from Eric Morrison. Yeah. And he was like, hey, bud, unfortunately, with the shutdown, you know, Northeast District Convention is is canceled. Yeah. And, and I, I was in shock, you know, and, and at the time it was making sure that you know, the people around me were okay. And, and I was making calls that I needed to, to my chapter president, to the rest of the council and to my sponsor and, and just making sure that every, you know, everyone was good. And like I said, you know, maintaining those connections. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when it, 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 all, it, it all kind of came together and, and I had received the Jaylee Burke, it was more about, you know, this is what I normally do, right? This, this is, this is me looking out for others and, and again, maintaining those connections that do mean so much to me. Mm -hmm. Um, but to, to have that recognized as, as, you know, work that that does go above and beyond, um, was kind of surreal.
0: Yeah. No, I just, yeah. uh, Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, it's kind of thinking back of when we all, you know, the news is coming out that uh, district conventions were being canceled, and just on top of everything that was already happening. I mean, I, I I I think I speak for for everybody. It was like our hearts broke for all of you. You know, the, the amount of work, the amount of time that you've spent prepping and just thinking about it, right? Because I mean, like that takes energy too. Like, how do I emotionally uh, and mentally pr- prepare myself to to stand in front of the district once again and to kind of you know to to lead in a way that. Not most students have the opportunity to do, and then to have that essentially ripped away from you i mean that, thats it, it it takes a toll on 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 a, on a human being um so just again, just wanted to say thank you for for sharing that and thank you for um you know leading through through that moment of crisis and, and through that change and I think overall you know the the feedback the sentiments that we we got after each of the virtual conventions was a Students were still so glad that they had an opportunity to connect in some way. And it kind of goes back to what you said earlier, which I think is really powerful, is that, you know, at the end of the day, like, what what do we have? We have those connections. We have those relationships. Um, and to be able to continue um, or find out different ways to be innovative, like, how can we maintain build, repair, whatever we need to, to make sure that these connections still last at the end of the day. So uh, I think that's incredible. And once again, congratulations on the Lee Burke. That is an incredible honor and uh, definitely uh, well-deserved. So thank you. Yeah. So my next question here, uh, we're going to shift a little bit from, um, from, you know, what happened this past couple of months and wanted to really focus in on this month. Um, So I don't know if many people know uh, something that I had recently learned myself within the last year or two is that May is a celebration of the Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month. It's definitely a mouthful. So AAPI, I think is what most people shorten it down to. Um, But, you know, it's it's the celebration of um, Asian Americans, the heritage, the culture um, that oftentimes, um, you know, is overlooked. So I wanted to ask you, how has your experience, story as a person of color um, and a, a member of the AAPI community, influenced or shaped your journey as a brother of KK Cyber? Just you know, simply as a as a musician. Sure. Um, there's a lot
1: to unpack in that, and and I think it all comes down to a struggle that a lot of Asian Americans um, have to deal with, mm-hmm. um, and it's the duality of you know, your Asian American heritage. Um, when you go to school in an American system, you know, you are, you act like an American child, but in the home, you know, you speak a different language. It's mm-hmm. a completely different culture. The The food is different. The, the expectations are different. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Asian culture is very much group oriented. Mm-hmm. And I think it also goes back to this underlying respect of, um, our elders and where we come from. Mm -hmm. Um, so growing up in the household for me, my parents, uh, you know, I, I grew up in Jersey and so my parents were very close to the city and, you know, they worked in the city every day, Mm -hmm. um, during the work week. And so I would go to school and my grandmother would be home waiting for me, getting off the bus. Mm -hmm. And she would watch me until my parents got off of work and came home somewhere around dinner time. Yeah. Um. And she was, you know, the, the my main ter- caretaker during the work week. Mm-hmm. Um. It wasn't until later in my life that I learned to appreciate what she went through. Um. Mm-hmm. She was an immigrant to the United States. Um. Single mother. Mm-hmm. Um. My grandfather had passed you know, due to health issues early in my mother's, actually before my mother's birth, mm-hmm. uh, my mom grew up an only child and my, my grandmother, you know, worked very hard to make ends meet, um, mm-hmm. in, in New York city. Yeah. Um, she would work in a textile factory during, during the week. And then, um, during weekends would work in a restaurant mm-hmm. and, um, it ended up making great food at home. <laughs> um, <laughs> at uh, at night, but, um, it did make me kind of appreciate a little bit more, yeah. um, you know, where my family has, has done to get here. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of the drive I kind of take with me every day is yeah. to, you know, and, and the one thing my dad had always, when my dad said to me when I was young was, um, we work hard, so you don't have to, mm-hmm. um, and coming from my parents, that that was kind of a reality check moment, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I think everyone should take the time to, you know, reality check yourself, right? Like, yeah, yeah in the long run, <laughs> this quarantine stinks, <laughs> but, you know, we do what we have to do for the betterment of those around us, because again, you know, at the end of the day, the only things that we have are th- those connections with, with others. So, um, that's kind of where my viewpoints always run from is, mm-hmm. you know, not only h- how can I help myself, but help those around me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I came to the fraternity, um, in the spring of 2017, <laughs> it's a while ago, <laughs> um, but spring of 2017, I, you know, it was, it was a matter of, finding a connection or uh, uh, an outlet to not only help myself, but the band program around me that had given me so much when I had first come to Lehigh. Mm -hmm. Um, The band culture, as, as a lot of people know, um, is very community oriented. Um, You know, we see each other a lot (laughs) when you, when you have to rehearse that much to make it look good. Um, You kind of learn to make good friends. Um, and to add the fraternal bond on top of that was, was a no brainer for me. Mm -hmm. Um, so throughout my time, my relationship, no matter where it stood with the fraternity, um, it always came back to, you know, this was something I, I love to do, but also the brothers around me love to do. And that was always, um, the
0: gleaning factor. Yeah. That's incredible. Thank you for sharing that. And I definitely do agree, I think, with your, um, your point on the community aspect. And um, I think that's something for me that has always been so um, that, you know, when, when we look at Western culture, it is very individualized. You know, there's a lot of focusing on the self. Um, and in Eastern culture, uh, especially far Eastern culture, there's a lot of sense, uh, a lot of focus uh, and pride in focusing on the community. Focusing on the group, um, you know, people do what's best for the group, for the neighborhood, for the family. Um, and I think band is one of those organizations that was sort of different f- growing up in America was different. That's says like caring for others is okay. Uh, it's okay to to work your butt off to make sure that others succeed. Uh, that you 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 need to make sure that you do your part so that the band sounds good, looks good, and has a good reputation. Uh, so I, I definitely I think that's a really important point, and I appreciate you 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 bringing that um, up. And I think this is in general. Um, It's it's one of those things where I hear from a lot of Asian American uh, students um, and you know people who are older than me as well is that band was uh, sort of a a safe place because you know there's so many things that you know band kids were awkward we have you know it's just like we're it was a place where we could just not focus on how we were different and focus on how can we we become one and I think to me like. Uh, on a personal point, here is like it—it it kind of distracted me from how I was so different, how I was, you know, this or that. It just—it was like, okay, i am i am am a part of this group. I don't stand out. Um, so, it, it, you know, in a sense, I think that I think a lot of pe- different people get that sense as well. Um, and it's—it's it's always been really hard to articulate until you get the time to really reflect on it and kind of come out in the end of like, huh, you know, this is why banning KKI has been so helpful. Um, and that's, you know, so to me, it's just incredible. So thank you for for sharing that. Um, and I wanted to to kind of um, go a little bit deeper into that aspect of um, when it comes to um, the AAPI Heritage Month itself, um, you know, it's, it's something that, again, you know, for myself and for so many others, um, it's, we're still learning about it. We're still kind of learning how to internalize our heritage and how to be proud of it and how to balance that you know, Eastern culture and Western culture. So when it comes to this month, when it comes to just Asian heritage itself, what is something that um, you would like others to know more of or something that you would like to learn more about yourself? (laughs)
1: That again, there's a lot to unpack there, but, um, growing up for me, I, my, my parents have both grown up in the city in, you know, close or in Chinatown. Mm -hmm. Um, and that eventually translated to me following in my dad's footsteps um he had joined a kung fu school um in his early teenage years grew up with a good group of folks kept him out of trouble um and then later on you know when they all had kids they we all were kind of born into this tradition. And when we all ended up joining the school, um, learning martial arts as kids and, and, um, Chinese line dancing. Mm-hmm. And for us, it was always very much, you know, 11 out of the 12 months of the year where we're going to do our own thing in American school and, and live our lives like we normally do. But, um, come Chinese New Year time, um, or lunar New Year time, uh, it was, time to unpack it all and say you know bring back all the bring back all the traditions right and and we never asked why we never we never kind of fully understood why all the time either Mm -hmm. right I I I remember distinctly like my mother would yell at me like not to wash my hair the the night (laughs) of, of the first day of lunar new year and I never understood why until later on it was due to a superstition where you know you're not supposed to um, wash the luck out of your hair. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, and, and it seems so simple and it seems so, you know, um, I guess easy to do when you don't really understand it. Um, yeah. but as I grew older, I eventually, you know, learned to appreciate those things and mm-hmm. it wasn't anymore just one month out of the year to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah it this is like aapi month is is about you know making sure that this isn't just a one month thing right yeah. it, there's there's a reason why this doesn't confl- you know doesn't also come during the time of new, lunar new year um it's because this is the time for you know those of aapi heritage to kind of look back on what happened a few months ago during Lunar New Year and and kind of take that forward through the rest of the year. Um, so, you know, be proud of uh, who you are and and that goes for everyone. But, um, I think the Asian culture especially has been pictured as this modeled minority Mm -hmm. in, in American culture. And yes, a lot of our, our relatives and, and uh, ancestors, you know, definitely took a lot of hardships to, to I guess, assimilate into American culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but for their sake, it's, it's now our turn to assimilate back to um, our heritage and, and mm-hmm. you know, not make it a once every 12 month thing.
0: Yeah. No, that's that's really powerful, and uh, so I guess I another question for you here: Did you ever find yourself growing up? Because um, I know like you know certain groups um, within the AAPI uh, community have different, of course, you know, different stories growing up and, and different experiences based on where you grow up, you know, my friends who live in, you know, Orange County, uh, you know, Southern California had a very different experience than I myself in, in like central Indiana. Did you ever find yourself fighting against that culture, fighting against that, um, you know, or find yourself struggling to balance, um, you know, that American, that Western culture and that Eastern culture? Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Well, I I was fortunate enough to grow up in an area of Jersey that um had a large population of of Asian Americans. Mm-hmm. Um but even within that um community there was a lot of um diversity. Mm-hmm. Uh there were Japanese Americans, Korean Americans, mm-hmm. uh, Chinese Americans and even the Chinese Americans themselves spoke various different dialects of Chinese in the home. Yeah. Um, so you know, we may all look alike, sure, but at the same, at the end of the day, you know, we all speak different languages in our home, mm-hmm. um, varying level degrees of religion and mm-hmm. um, and superstition, uh, yeah, you know, good. and 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 tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, and the biggest, I, I remember vividly, the biggest one for me was um, shoes. Uh, taking off shoes in the household, and I think that's that's something that that is so minute, but I think every Asian American can can relate to is is um, coming home and taking off shoes and then putting on a pair of slippers for some reason, right? Because because okay. that's what that's what we that's what we do. Yeah. Um, and then when I eventually you know started visiting my friends' home who were not Asian Americans, it was a very different. Um, very different policy in their homes. And it, it blew my mind. Um, and b- another one that definitely came up recently was with you, Bong, actually, when you had posted on Facebook that you had finally figured out how to use your dishwasher. <laughs> and I think a lot of Asian Americans uh, have a dishwasher, but never use it for some reason. It's a drying rack. Uh, um, and unless you're Asian American, you don't under- really fully understand like what, why, yeah. um, but. You know, it, it's just kind of funny to look back on those small little things and yeah. and realize how those are just kind of ingrained into you. Um, yeah. So I fully embrace it all, um, to kind of answer your question. And yeah. um, I, I think for me, it was fi- trying to find where in the spectrum of Asian and American I fell. Um, and that's where I struggled is to find... The sweet balance point. And I think every Asian American has that struggle, no matter where they are in life. Yeah.
0: No, I, I appreciate that. And I appreciate those examples as well, because I think that's, yeah, uh, like, you know, those two examples you mentioned uh, come up often. And um, I, I still tell coaches as like, look, you don't, you may not require me to take off my shoes, but I'm taking off my shoes. Like, it, it hurts my soul to walk in your house with my shoes on. So I'm going to respectfully take off my shoes. Um, and, you know, when it comes to the dishwasher stuff, yes, just, I mean, I, I run this thing all the time now. Cause it's like, like I'm making up for lost time, right? All those years as a kid, having to wash everything by hand, I was like, nope, I'm an adult. I'm going to use this dishwasher. Um, but I think overall, I, I think, you know, I, I think growing, growing up for many Asian Americans, um, when it comes to, um, being in KKSI, being in band or just you know those who aren't in, in these organizations, um, kind of have to take the time to reflect and, I, and i'm very happy to have role models, individuals in the community who are older than myself, who I can look up to, but not necessarily um, model myself after them, but essentially kind of have a feeling of of confidence and safety that like I, I can dig into all of this and, and, and unpack it and then kind of go at my own pace and so, you know, do a little bit of self-discovery. And I think in that, I mean, I, again, to, for those of you who don't know, like, I mean, it's only been really a couple of years that I've been comfortable talking about it because I, that's something that I've never really want to talk about. Like when it came to my family life, it was very much like a clean cut, right? Really didn't like having friends over cause you know, the food smelled different. The, you know, the, you know, asking people to take off their shoes, people felt funny about that. Like there's just so many different things that I think to me, the biggest takeaway is how to have those hard conversations and kind of like be, be okay having those conversations and not not have that sense of shame. And I think that so many people have like internalized that shame of like, I should feel shameful because I'm different. And now it's more of like, no, like I'm different and that's okay. And let me share with you why, if you're not okay with it, you know, like it's, it's a conversation, right? It's not something that like you you were born bad or you were born worse. Um, and I, I just have to say that if it wasn't for what I have learned through KK Psy and, and, and band, and it's not just music, right? It's not just like what we've learned through, Ritual, but it's on top of that, it's the the connections that I've had or have made. And those individuals have taught me how to love myself a little bit more and how to unpack all that. So, um, so yeah, thank you for for sharing that. It's definitely, like you said, a lot to unpack. But I, I hope that those who, have, who are listening, who, you know, may have, who may come from different communities. I, I hope that this gives you a sense of how you can leverage KKSI and leverage your experience in, in band to really help you do a little bit of self-discovery. Because I hope that we all know that you know our so you know our, our very limited time in KKSI. You know, like there's so much to do, but I hope that you you will also take the time to serve yourself and grow. Because I think that's really the only way that you can continue to give back to the fraternity or, or to, to college and university advances. If you take the time to improve yourself, even if that means taking some time to unpack who you are um, and how to learn to love yourself a bit more. All right. So let's see here. <clears throat> okay. So just wanted to take a moment to say congratulations on, well, soon to be graduating, because you have one more exam. Is that right? I do. One more last tax exam. <laughs> Got it. I love it. I love it. So, you know, I will I will hold off on the congratulations just for now. But you know, along with all the other graduating seniors, you know, if you've graduated, if you've soon to be graduating, you know, I just wanted to say congratulations on just the time that you've spent, the hard work that you've put into all of this. Um, so so Evan, I just wanted to ask you, looking forward to the rest of your life, how do you see KK Psy, your, your KKSI experience, and by that I mean musical leadership service, you know whatever within that experience? How do you see that playing a part in your life after graduation?
1: I see it kind of playing two roles, and, and one's musical and one's leadership, and which you definitely mentioned both, but um, music, as we kind of talked about, has always been a part of my identity. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, it was a way of coming together and working together to make a unit good. Mm-hmm. Um, it also goes back to our creed and, and and you know, and knowing that it's the universal language, no matter, you know, no matter where you come from, no matter what your background is, whether you're that weird kid in school or the, the popular one, you know, you listen, music kind of brings back um, feelings for everyone that, uh just kind of aren't talked about enough, you know. Mm-hmm. And so um I hope I continue to find an outlet for it. Um, whether that's just me practicing in my room or um finding a community band to play with. Uh because it's 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 not easy to make time for things in life. <laughs> as I'm sure as we uncover <laughs> um all the things that we wanted to check off our to-do list during quarantine, we realize that life gets busy. Um, but you make time for the stuff that you want to do and that you love. Um, and music has always had that special place in my heart. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I, to find that is not going to be easy, but to, to make it work, um, you know, sometimes you got to put in the hard work, but, uh, -hmm. on the dual aspect of it, um, I have served in a bunch of capacities as a leader in Kappa Kappa Psi and, um, not all of them have been easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, if they were, everyone would be doing it, <laughs> you know? And, and, um, there are some times where you can find six volunteers for one position. And then sometimes you find one volunteer for six positions.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but no matter what your relationship is with the fraternity, um, you know, it, there is always something to take out of it um mm-hmm. whether it's self reflection or growth um or even just the connections and and the network of brothers around the country
0: mm-hmm.
1: um you know you'll always have that with you mm-hmm. um and so i I'm, I'm definitely going to take the growth i've had as not only a, a leader but a person um through my time as kappa kappa psi to you know to to further my career to further hopefully come back for more education, which, you know, after these round of finals, I don't know why I would do that, but, (laughs) um, but you know, it's, it comes back to our ideals, continue to strive. And so, um, this is only a benchmark in, in a long road of, of life. So, um, it's definitely a good jumping off point.
0: I appreciate that. And I, and I, you know, honestly, like just, just to kind of pay you back off of your response that like that continue to strive. I mean, it is, it definitely speaks truth to just like how like the standard I hold myself to. And I know that so many other alum, alumni hold themselves up to is you see so many um, alums of KKSI and TBS who, who are so successful, who are doing great things. And I think it's, you know, not only did we learn these values through music band, you know, do, providing service. It's just the fact that, like, you know, we should hold ourselves to higher standards because we know that it's good for us, it's good for our group, it's good for our community. Um, so, so I appreciate you bringing that to to the forefront because sometimes I think that people have this. I don't know if it's intentional or not, but it's like, oh, after I graduate from KKSI, it's that's it. It's done. It's done. Like, hang up and uh, be done with it. But I think that's like you know, your time as a brother is as a brother, as an alum is so much longer. It's like, you know, you're, you're doing what you can within your few years in college and, you know, masters or whatever as well. But as an adult, you have all this time to really figure yourself out, kind of reset, take one step back and try to, you know, figure out who you are and then continue to strive and then kind of, you know, think about what it is that you want to achieve. Um, and you know, I guess, you know, the point I'm trying to make is for those of you who are listening, who are graduating, We'll be graduating soon. Like, take take time, <laughs> take time for yourself, right? You put in your time, you put in your work um, in your four, or three, whatever years. Uh, take time, develop yourself, focus on getting that money, get that paycheck, right? Um, you know, focus on you first, and then I think you know when you are ready, when the time is right, and you want to continue to to give back to the fraternity. You know, we welcome you with open arms. But until then, like, <laughs> take the time for yourself. Um, Okay, so now is a portion for the fun question. And I've been thinking through this and uh, I'm excited to ask this because there's just been a lot of, there's just been a lot, a lack of clarity for a lot of people that I've talked to about this. But so when it, you had mentioned um, when you and your family are in uh, Kung Fu school, you said, right? And you said there was a certain dance of some sort that you also do. Can you talk a little bit more about that and clarify, like, what is it called? Sure. Um, so it is called
1: lion with like, like the, like the animal lion uh-huh. dancing. It's not line dancing. Um, a lot of people growing up thought I was a professional line dancer. Like I, I would go around doing conga lines and, and hype up parties. Um, I don't do that. right? Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, wish I could, but I, I have, I probably have two left feet. Um, but, um, Chinese lion dancing finds basis, um, in a little bit of mythology, but then practically in, you know, martial arts. Mm -hmm. Um, so basically, um, the, the, the legend goes that there was an evil spirit, um, named lean and it would haunt the, the villagers and destroy their crops. Mm -hmm. Um, so God one day sent down a, beast that looked like a lion, and he scared away the evil spirit. Um, So annually, then, um, the villagers and the farmers would then uh, create a costume and mimic that lion um, to scare away the evil spirits and protect their crop. Um, This tradition was later somehow fused into the martial arts system, um, and so lion dancing is actually a huge pride to a Kung Fu school. Um, and so there are two kind of sets styles of lion dancing. Um, the Southern style is what a lot of people see. Um, it's two heads, uh, no, a head and a tail player. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very much in the legwork. Mm-hmm. Um, Whereas Northern lion dancing um, is more acrobatic. Uh, those are the yellow and red you know, ones that you see that look like kind of dogs and they'll jump around and do all these tricks. Um, but both kind of fused uh, their way back into Chinese martial arts. And so growing up, um, doing, doing Chinese martial arts was also inherent on, you know, eventually doing Chinese lion dancing. Um, so no conga lines for me, uh, but every every Chinese New Year, um, my my lion dance, uh, my you know kung fu school would would go out and um, bless each of the stores in Chinatown, and it was a big day of pride for not only us um, but uh, a huge celebration for the Chinese community those days.
0: Yeah, no, thank you for for sharing that. I, I, I'm very very excited to, to ask because I don't often get to talk about this, and of course you know it, it's something that is. Uh, a, a big part of my life as well, um, it, you know, it, it, it with a different twist. Um, I, my dad, and my grandpa were were both they they both line dance and they were you know very athletic and you know healthy. I, on the other hand, <laughs> am asthmatic and can barely you get to, if it gets up to three minutes, like I'm I'm done. I can't tail head. I can't. So I've transitioned a little bit more to the. Um, there's a small ensemble that pl- usually plays with with the line dance is that correct
1: yeah there there's an instrument team consisting of a drummer um,
0: a cymbal player and a gong player uh-huh. so so when it, so i transitioned more to the musician side um, and it's you know i often uh, hear And people ask like, well, it doesn't, it's, it's not very in tempo or it sounds, it sounds like loud. It just sounds like that. And so I sometimes I have to tell people, it's like, well, you think back into like, you know, like the story that you had shared, the myth is like, like, it was to scare away those evil spirits. So it's like, there's a part of it where it's supposed to be like, you know, like, like even the symbols, they're not like the symbols that we're we're used to seeing in, um, in band, right? They're shaped a little bit differently. Um, I have even tried uh, with the gong. It's like this thick, really thick piece of metal and I try like hitting with different other pieces of metal just to get the nice, like, you know, you just hear it, you know? So, um, I, I love it. And <laughs> definitely there's this post that I post every year around Chinese New Year's or Lunar New Year, where it's like oh, this cartoon. little, this cartoons, right. And my favorites is just, just don't touch the butt. Just don't touch the butt. Right. Like, um, and to me, it's like, and it's, it's lovely because, um, anytime we have any celebration of any sort, um, there's, I mean, it's a whole process and, you know, you have to do the beginning bows, you have to, and the kids love to take pictures with them. And, 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 you know, there's all this whole thing. And and to me, it's like one of those moments where it's like, I have to really think to take a moment to just kind of like appreciate this. Cause just like the pageantry of marching band, the pageantry of of what we do for concert bands, right. You know, where the players stomp their feet when the conductor steps on, there's like this whole pageantry to it. And growing up, I've never really like, really never noticed it until I got older and was actually, you know, in it. That I was just like, wow, th- like there's a whole, there's a whole system to this. Yeah. So thank you for, for sharing that. Um, for any of you who are listening, um, you know, I, again, I've, I've had so many people ask me like, well, it looks like a dog, but it's called lion but I thought it was a, a dragon. So there's just like a lot of stuff out there. If you're curious, you know, there's there's a lot of resources out there for you to look up. Of course, you can always reach out to Evan too. I'm sure there's videos out there. I'm sure there's, you know, lots of stuff that you can learn from. Uh, but overall, it's a fun time unless you're as asthmatic like me. <laughs> All right. So um, just to kind of wrap up, um, I just wanted to say, Evan, thank you so much for taking the time to be uh, you know, to do this tonight and to just um, your, your willingness to answer the questions and just just, you know, share and, and just, you know, be yourself on, on this interview. Um, so my last question for you is, what piece of advice can you share with our listeners who would like to serve at a higher level who are searching for different leadership opportunities or just, you know, potentially wanting to create some positive change for their community?
1: Sure. Well, first, thank you, Mom, for giving me this opportunity. It's, it's not every day where I get to kind of self-reflect like this. So um, it, it was definitely a, a good break from the exam period. Uh, but uh, um, I think my biggest piece of advice is really to just be proud of your work. Um, and, you know, that will kind of uh, relay to those around you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you focus on you and making sure that, you know, you're mentally healthy, you're physically healthy as where you need to be, um, and you dedicate yourself to the work that you believe is right, um, people will naturally just kind of you know, gravitate towards it, uh, feed off your energy. Um so, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect, you know, you do the best that you can um, for those around you, but um you know focus on being you just and be proud of it you know it, it's not every day where you get to celebrate your heritage or take some time to self reflect um so while you have the time during this quarantine uh take advantage of it reflect grow um and figure out who you are and people will either like it or hate it but you're you
0: so you know people will um learn to live with it <laughs> i love it i love it yes loving yourself taking the time to reflect and and just to be you and just to be proud of yourself i i i, I honestly that i needed to hear that myself so thank you for for sharing that Um, All right, Evan, again, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on behalf of the Fraternity and the National Council. Just wanted to say how much we appreciate you and admire all that you do to continue to promote musicianship, leadership, service, and KKSI overall. And a huge thanks to our listeners for joining today. If you like this episode, then please share and suggest our podcast series to another brother today and subscribe if you haven't already done so. You know, we do this not to hear ourselves talk. Again, it's quite uncomfortable to hear yourself talking <laughs> on a recording. Uh, we, we do this to share some insight that could be meaningful for you. Um, we're not here to answer all the questions. We're not answer- here to you know share some life-changing, thought-provoking um, content. It really is just to have a, um, a conversation to really share some insight just to share some tips um, from the different voices of the fraternity. But the thing is we need your help in finding topics to cover and brothers to join me as guests on this show. So if you have suggestions, please reach out to me at org. That's B-A-N-G-C-O at K-K-P-S-I dot O-R-G. Thanks again for joining us on KKSI Presents. My name is Bonko your host. I wish you all much love today. And as always, AEA.